Hello, and welcome to Self Love Tarot, a podcast about enriching our lives through practical spirituality, self love, and the tarot. I am your host, Gretchen Evangelista, and you can follow this podcast on Instagram at Self Love Tarot. Thanks for tuning into the show today, everybody. So welcome, welcome to this amazing new episode for this week. Um, I thought I would do this episode a little bit differently, um, just because I wanted to shake it up a bit, see what you guys think about it, but this just sounded like a fun idea, so I'm going for it. So I'm going to just be talking about multiple things on this podcast Um, I have a lot of fun things planned out for this episode. We're going to talk about um, a new tarot tip in reading your tarot cards. We're going to talk about um, living from your highest joy and just changes that I've been going through and new ideas and new ways to kind of get in the flow of my day. And I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. So, um, if you guys have been following me on my Instagram, uh, on my stories, I've been posting a lot about climbing, which is a journey that I haven't shared with you guys just yet, uh, for, I don't know, I, for no particular reason, I guess. Um, and so, like, just to kind of give you guys the background of this entire journey, Starting from my childhood, because everything starts from our childhood, right? (laughs) And so I was like the runt of the pack when I was younger. And I grew up with a lot of cousins. I have one brother and a lot of cousins who are similar in age. And so we used to, you know, go on adventures, run around, play games, all the things that kids used to do. And I was always the one who was dead last, who was struggling to breathe, struggling to keep up. I have asthma. And so I grew up with this identity of being physically weak and always being, you know, at a disadvantage from normal average people in that I'm always going to be like not as fit as the average person. And so, um, last year at the tail end of 2020, I started to climb. I started to learn how to climb. And so there are two types of climbing. There's top roping, which is when you are strapped into a harness and you are, um, supported by a rope and you have someone who belays you. So someone who is controlling the rope and pulling and um, lowering you and raising you if you need to. And so those types of climbs can go very, very high because if you fall, you're going to be caught by the rope. It's all good. So I started off with that and I didn't realize I had a fear of heights until I started climbing. (laughs) And like, the amount of trust you need to kind of develop in the rope, in yourself, in your footing, in your grip, all this stuff, I really had to learn because I was terrified. I couldn't even go up 
the routes that were meant for children that really weren't that high off the ground. I, I couldn't even do that. So it was a lot to overcome. And I found that a lot of these feelings that I had when I was a kid of being the one who was lagging behind, who wasn't as physically capable and as strong as the average kid, I found those feelings um, surfacing again. And especially since I was also learning how to climb alongside my boyfriend who was kind of like catching on really, really quickly. And I would take a look around and look at all these other people and they would be able to do all these things so easily when I couldn't even get up the the kid climb, the kid route. So that took a lot of... Um, that took a lot of surrendering for me. And surrendering, surrendering is going to be a big theme in this episode. But anyways, I... Um, I just, I felt the need to keep going, even though I was terrified. And so I had to be willing to be weak, to go back into those childhood emotions of feeling incapable, feeling physically weak. I had to be willing to relive that again in order to move forward, which was hard. It was difficult, but I got through it. And I think that was a huge reason why in the beginning I wasn't that discouraged. Like I did feel discouraged, but it wasn't enough to prevent me from continuing to do it just because I was willing to feel these emotions again. And I had this new sense of determination and this new vision of myself. Like what if I was a person who was physically capable? And more than that, what if I was a person who was strong and able to do this and you know adventurous and bold and not afraid of heights and it really served me and it still serves me to see women climbing i think like naturally we all see men and women differently in um athletics right and i am someone who always just had this assumption for myself is like oh it's because like a lot of the things that I wanted to do when I was younger um often like I felt like I was the odd one out because I was a girl like on my dad's side I have a lot of male cousins and they'd all be you know hanging out doing stuff playing video games and I always just felt like the odd one out so when I was when in any like athletic activity like in PE and gym class I always made that excuse for myself like oh it's because I'm a girl like I can't do it because I'm a girl and um climbing is one of those sports that I love because you can see women do the things that guys can do as well. And it's like a pretty even representation of women and men in climbing, at least in the spaces that I've climbed, which is fantastic. And it really served me in the beginning to 
see other women climb like these amazing climbs where you're like freaking 50 feet in the air like hanging upside down and giving it your all and pulling through and doing like these dynamic moves and it was just so inspiring for me to watch because I guess I didn't have a huge example that was compelling enough for me when I was younger and before that would allow me to see that it's possible for me and uh, so yeah climbing you see a lot of like people with different figures um men women everyone climbing which is amazing so i love the climbing community because of that so that's kind of like the background of it and then after that i got a dog so i wasn't really climbing as much because we couldn't really leave her alone so usually so my boyfriend actually was the one who has been climbing pretty regularly ever since so i've been kind of on and off and ever since we moved to texas um we have found climbing gyms but there hasn't been a lot of top roping there's been more of the bouldering type climbing which is the second type of climbing which is essentially you're not climbing from like 50 feet in the air but you are climbing shorter routes but you're not attached to a rope you're not attached to anything so if you fall you just free fall onto the ground which is obviously padded kind of like a gymnastics kind of place um which is to me it was out of the question absolutely not i am not doing that in any capacity whatsoever i was not willing to do bouldering i was only gonna climb if i had a rope and a harness and i wouldn't fall flat on my face (laughs) um but recently i have been doing bouldering i have been just trying new things um and i think like my boyfriend just one day was like oh try this and try that and before you knew it i was just trying all these different things and it was kind of fun and at first i didn't want to do anything that was really high off the ground of course so i just tried the beginning of a route and then i would climb back down and I was very cautious and very scared and very terrified of falling. I didn't know how to fall. So that was stuff I really had to learn. But anyways, getting to <laughs> the most recent um, experiences with climbing. So last week I posted on my Instagram story of a video of me doing a route that was kind of it wasn't physically hard it was mentally hard and you can really see me going back and forth in my brain like do I do it do I not do it do I do it I'm too scared and so I had gotten almost all the way up there and I just needed to touch this one hold that was like a little bit further from my natural reach so it required me to let go of my right foot balance everything on my left foot which was balanced on this really tiny small round hold that i really didn't trust and it required me to just launch myself and go for it 
And I was really terrified because I felt like I would lose my balance and I would fall backwards and that was just terrifying to me. So I was just up there, um, you know, going through a war in my brain saying, should I do it? Should I not do it? Come on, it's so easy. Why don't you do it? No, you can die. You're terrified. You know, like all these emotions would just get to me once I get up there. And I had done this climb dozens of times and I would always get to this point at the end and it wouldn't happen for me. I would get too scared and I would climb back down. So that was last week. And this week, um, I was honestly trying to avoid that. (laughs) But my boyfriend kept on telling me to just try it again, to try it again. Like, and at the beginning of my session, it was the same. I climbed up there. I was too terrified. And um, I just climbed back down. And I was like, at that point, okay, I need to use my self-talk. I need to visualize me reaching up for it with ease and reaching it and, you know, feeling that sense of victory. That's what I need to visualize in my brain, right? That's what all these like love attraction, spirituality principles, that's how they come into play. And so I would try that and work that out in my brain and I would do it and it, I still would feel the terror of being up there and having to balance on my left foot and launching myself up. Um, and like when you look at the video, it doesn't even look like a, a huge dynamic move, honestly. It probably doesn't look like a big deal to most of you guys <laughs> looking at it, but up there, you know, feeling all those emotions, again, it was a huge mental battle for my brain. And that's what most of climbing is really. Like, yes, there's strength and there is the ability to be flexible and the ability to balance yourself. But I think that's one of the reasons why I really like climbing is because the majority of it is mental. It's the way you're perceiving it. It's the way you're thinking about the things that you're doing and just working through that fear. And I think that's the most inviting thing. And like maybe that's why I continued to do climbing and felt called to do bouldering, even though I deeply was scared of doing all of it. Because there's this pocket of growth. There's a sense of growth that can occur in being willing to do this. And so um, after having the visualization and, you know, me trying to um, picture grabbing it and feeling awesome, it wasn't working for me at that time. So I tried something new. I went up there and got to the part where I always stopped and I looked down at the ground and I told myself, you know what, if you fall, you'll still be okay. And that I've fallen from heights that were higher than this before and I've been fine and I've landed on my feet. And so if for some reason I fall, I will be okay and I'm willing to fall. I am willing to fall. I am willing to embrace that impact. I'm willing to hit the ground if this doesn't go the way I want it to. And then from then on, like the second I made peace with the worst case scenario, which is falling, I was able to overcome that mental barrier and 
if you look at my Instagram now, or I guess um, I'm recording this on Sunday, but <laughs> if you saw my Instagram post from this past weekend, you would see that I got myself to do it. I just launched right up there, balanced on my left foot, and I reached it, and I grabbed it, and I got it, and it was amazing. And that, it was like to see that type of progress in yourself is just really inspiring, and it makes me want to keep going. It makes me want to keep climbing and doing more adventurous things and being willing to be my own childhood hero of you know, being a, a woman who can do all these amazing athletic things that I never thought was possible for myself. So yeah, and it also was a huge lesson for me in that, you know, if we are so terrified of doing something and all of these visualization techniques and getting yourself aligned with the emotion of the win and you know, how you'll feel when you complete the task, all of this stuff. Like, I think that can work sometimes, but oftentimes if you're not finding any growth from that, any progress from that, looking at the worst case scenario and making peace with the worst case scenario allows you to take that leap of faith. It allows you to let go and surrender. And suddenly after surrendering, this sense of courage comes up and you're able to do the thing. You're able to literally, for me, take the leap of faith and grab that hold. And when we lower our resistance to the worst case scenario, that oftentimes clears the path to our success. And it's not just about visualizing you doing it, doing it with like ease and, um, you know, feeling happy and being proud of yourself, right? It's also about clearing the roadblocks that are there, which is riddled with the fear and the resistance. And this reminds me of stoicism. If you guys aren't familiar with stoicism, it's a type of philosophy and it talks a lot about this where you have to make peace with what you're really afraid of so that you can live your life. And Tim Ferriss, the author of um, 4-Hour Workweek, 4-Hour Body, all those um, books, he was a big proponent of stoicism. And I used to be a huge fan of all of this before I found spirituality. And he would do really funny experiments where he would just lie down on a sidewalk and just with like no explanation, he would literally just lie down on a sidewalk and people would just think he's the weirdest dude ever. And that is how he made peace with like being embarrassed and caring about what people think is to throw yourself into a situation where people are judging you and realizing it's okay. I'm okay. And he also um, does cold showers. He practices uh, poverty and he practices like starving himself and fasting and all this stuff just so that he has little to no fear or resistance around it because he's already mentally prepared. And so I think that's like one incredible way 
to live your life. I'm not against any of that stuff. I know a lot of law of attraction and a lot of these spiritual principles that I even really love. They are more about seeing the positive in certain things. But I also think this is a very useful and practical way to live your life as well. And you can kind of do a combination of both because I think that's where the real magic is. And that's the how I was able to do this climb was like being excited about completing the climb finally, but also clearing that roadblock and making peace with the worst case scenario of falling and being willing to fall, being willing to fail. So try applying that to something in your life that you're struggling with and see what works for you because sometimes it's one or the other or a combination of both. So yeah, that is my long strung out um, journey with climbing. (laughs) So let's move on to tarot stuff. So I'm going to get my tarot cards out here. And... uh, We are going to do just a fun live pull here. Um, So something that has really helped me recently in reading cards for myself. And this is like very simple. And I'm sure this isn't like the first time anyone has ever said this. But I just wanted to bring it up because it's made a huge difference in the way I read cards. Is that when we read cards, instead of reading them for answers, we read them for questions. For the questions that they will ask us. And then we answer those questions. So for example, you know, a lot of people, they turn to tarot and they ask something like, Will I, um, someone recently asked me something on Instagram, will I be with this specific person or should I move on? Something like that. And, you know, traditionally the tarot would either be like, yeah, it's definitely going to happen or no, it's definitely not going to happen. And those are the types of answers people seek out from the tarot um, sometimes. But what if instead of answering that, which is kind of answering it from an ego perspective, what if we drew a card and that gave you a question that would help you reflect on that scenario and give you clarity? So I'm going to do a three card pull and no specific order just three cards it could mean past present future for some of you guys but i'm just gonna do a three card pull and see what questions come up in the cards and i'm using my beloved cosmic slumber tarot deck
Wow. So I just pulled all pentacles. I have the five of pentacles, ace of pentacles, and eight of pentacles. Interesting. Five of Pentacles. And the question that's arising for me here is how can you do what you're doing? Hmm. How can you do the things in your life from a place of love instead of fear? So it's the the way I'm looking at this card is this person is tending to the crops or this forest or this garden and she or he is kind of sweating about it. Like it looks like she's worried and she's holding like a little like a piece of the plant up and she's sweating and she looks worried and the question that I'm getting again is how can you do what you're doing in your life from a place of love instead of worry? So, hmm, yeah, let that sink into your brain for a second. And the second one here is Ace of Pentacles. Which is asking how can I feel worthy enough to receive? How can I feel worthy enough to receive? And how can I be more open to receiving amazing things in my life. How can I be more open to receiving the amazing things that are being offered to me right now? And this Ace of Pentacles, there's a hand and a pentacle, like a coin. And then the background is like this forest of leaves and plants and everything and then tucked in a little portion of these leaves is just like a mini person like a small very small person who looks like she is just grasping at both of her hands kind of looking worried and looking at the pentacle that's on its way to her and you know kind of not knowing what to do she has her arms like her hands touching each other so she's not really in an open position and she just doesn't look like she knows what to do she looks unsure of herself and the third one is eight of pentacles 
which is one of my most favorite pentacle cards for sure. And it's asking, how can I appreciate all of the things I've created thus far? How can I appreciate even more all the things that I've created in my life already? You know, like think about all the things you've accomplished, all the things that you've completed already. You know, instead of continuing to look at the next thing to do and the next thing to accomplish and the next dream that you have, which is great. How can I like stop and look at all the things that I've done already? Maybe you've graduated. Maybe you've, you know, birthed a child. (laughs) Maybe you have been able to lose weight. Maybe you have been able to create and maintain amazing friendships. Friendships that may have gone all the way back to your childhood. You know, all these little things that we have right now that is easy to overlook. What are those things that we can bring more appreciation to and more love to? So yeah, I like, I think just not reading tarot cards for answers, but believing that the tarot cards are just going to act as a mirror and reflect questions back to you, which allow you to step into your own wisdom because the tarot is... The tarot is just a tool. It's not the wisdom because you are the wisest person you know. You have an ever-flowing amount of guidance and intuition flowing to you and through you from spirit. And so sometimes we don't need these answers from other people, from gurus, from, you know, tarot decks, from divination. Oftentimes, we just need a way to access that wisdom that's already within us. And so reading the tarot in this way, in the questions format, can be really insightful and help you take ownership of your power. So give that a try this week and let me know how that feels to you. I certainly enjoyed reading (laughs) that for you guys and I love that I got pentacles and the eight of pentacles was there. So I'm sure a lot of you guys enjoyed that as well. Um, So moving on to the next thing here. Recently, recently, oh my God, guys, I'm so freaking excited. So I talk about Tosha Silver all the time. If you haven't listened to like previous episodes where I talk about how amazing she is and how I love out... and how sorry I'm so excited and how I love outrageous openness change me prayers it's not my money all of her books and her um, oracle cards everything I just I love everything that she creates and puts out so I recently put on my stories a picture of me at this place 
here in Austin called the breaking point, which is essentially a rage room. And if you haven't heard of what a rage room is, it's basically a place where you get to smash things and break dishes and break beer bottles. And um, sometimes they'll even give you TVs to smash up and just old things and file cabinets. And it's a really fun place to let all your anger out. Because sometimes that resentment turns in on itself and it can manifest in a lot of physical ways in your body. So it's good to just let that out and scream into a pillow and, you know, smash all these dishes at this place where it is safe to do so. (laughs) And um, so Tosha Silver is the person that brought that idea into my life. And um, she had talked about rage rooms before. So I had posted a picture of me at the breaking point. I tagged her in it saying, oh, look, dish therapy and everything. And she responded (laughs) and she said, love this and commented on it. And then she also posted it on her Instagram feed. So if you look up um, Tosha Silver on her IG feed, uh, my face is right there. And I couldn't believe it because I'm such a fan and I love all her work and to be featured on her Instagram is just incredible. And I remember I was on Instagram and that was like the first thing that I saw on my feed and it didn't register in my mind like, wait a second, that's, this is not from my account. It's from her account. And so she tagged me in it and talked about dish therapy. So I just wanted to share with you guys that because uh, I love Tosha Silver and that was such an incredible, fun thing to, to go through. Okay, so next up on our medley of topics today. Um, so recently I've been feeling very exhausted It might be the weather changes, it might be allergies, it might just be this season of my life where the amount of things that I want to do and that is on my to-do list is a lot compared to the energy that I have to do those things. And of course, the motivation to do it on top of that. And... You know, there's been some nights where I've just been crying and just, you know, feeling like I don't have enough and that I don't do enough and that there's so much more that needs to be done. Um, And like, I think that's definitely a story that I am always going to be working through is feeling like I'm not enough because I don't do enough. And, you know, like I'm, I'm someone who is a doer. I like to take action. I feel empowered when I take action. And when I'm not able to do everything on my to-do list, when I'm not able to accomplish all these big things for myself for today, then... I tend to write off everything else that I have accomplished and that I have done and I become this emotional mess about it. (laughs) And, you know, going through this has really allowed me to step back and 
look at everything that's going on, looking at what I'm saying to myself, um, the thoughts that I'm thinking, all the things that I'm believing about myself that I'm not enough, this isn't enough, I'm not doing enough. And I'm sure some of you guys feel the same way where maybe you're a super mom and you're doing all this stuff and you're getting so much accomplished, but yet you go to bed at night feeling like you have missed something or you didn't do enough or this person wasn't happy with you and you you know, could have done this differently to make that person happy with you. You know, all the stuff that keeps you tossing and turning and feeling like regretful about the day instead of feeling proud about all the things that you have accomplished. So this space that I've been in recently has allowed me to go back to the basics. And I kind of love this because whenever I have an intense period like this where things kind of get rough around the edges and the waters get a bit choppy. It's such a nice reminder, kind of like a smack in the face reminder of the important stuff and to go back to the basics and to not overlook the simple things that could be done that can help that situation. Because oftentimes when we're in choppy waters like this, our brains tend to freak out, of course, and our brains tend to discount really effective, really useful information that can help us, but we're so in this like feeling of disarray that we feel like, well, my problem is so complex and therefore I need this elaborate complex solution, which is a total lie and that's totally not true. And so recently I have been remembering that because it's easy to forget. And that's one of these things that I'm also really wanting to embrace is that it's okay to forget. It's okay to forget all the things that you study, all the books that you've read, all of the tips and advice and guidance that you may have gotten from another person or even from your intuition. It's okay to forget. And, you know, I'm kind of going off topic here, but I think that's one of the most important lessons of any spiritual journey, any life journey, is it's okay to feel like you've made progress and then to also feel like you've stepped back like 10 steps because you freaked out, right? Like someone can meditate for um, 30 minutes every single day for 10 years and they are still allowed to have meltdowns. They are still allowed to maybe, you know, have a moment where they lose it and they just lose control. Um, the, like being a spiritual person, as in doing these uh, um, practices and really valuing the spiritual component of life doesn't exempt you and doesn't mean that you're not allowed to be human because that's what this is. As the great Wayne Dyer said, we are spiritual beings having human experiences. And so what was my original point? Well, <laughs> my original point was me going back to the basics and realizing what is most important to me. So I realized this entire time I have been prioritizing my to-do list 
over my inner alignment, over my inner joy. And I always think about the scenario of like, I'm 90 years old and I'm looking back at my life. Will I be like, oh my gosh, you know what? I'm so proud of the fact that I accomplished every single thing on my to-do list. I'm so proud of the fact that I was always productive every second of my day. Is that something someone who was dying would really think? I find that hard to imagine and I know I would not be thinking that in my final moments. I feel like at that crucial moment of leaving life, leaving the earth, is I find that the most important part in that would be for me, was I happy? Did I live a life of joy? Was I able to share that joy with others? And that makes me realize that my inner joy must be my priority. If that is the one thing that I want to get out of this life, and that's the one thing that I want to prioritize, why am I not prioritizing that more often? And I get it. You know, things come up. There are, like, we have to think of the practicalities of reality, of course. I'm sure our egos really want to hammer that point in of, like, prioritizing your inner joy is not practical. You have to eventually do your laundry. You have to eventually pick up your kids from school. (laughs) And I think that's where, you know, having your intuition be that guide for you can really help in deciding what to do in order to prioritize your inner joy. So, What I'm getting at is I've started to ask myself throughout the day, if I was someone who prioritized my inner alignment, my inner joy, whatever you want to call it, I like inner alignment. If I was someone who prioritized my inner alignment above everything else, what would I choose to do? What would I be doing now? And... The beauty of this question is it allows you to imagine yourself as someone who prioritizes her inner alignment with little resistance. It prevents you from having your inner critic go, but that's not possible. That's not practical. You shouldn't be thinking that. You shouldn't be so self-centered. For just a second, it allows you to imagine yourself as someone who did prioritize her inner joy and to see what that version of you would choose. And I think it unlocks these answers within you that we are endlessly searching for through other means. So for example, to give you a situation of how I use this in my life is I went to Target recently and usually when I go to Target, I just go in and out. Like (laughs) I have a shopping list, I get all that I need and then I just jet out of there because I know I'm going to be tempted because Target is amazing and you can just get lost in there. So I've trained myself early on to just go into Target and kind of have tunnel vision and to not look at anything else. 
So I went in, I got the things that I needed to get. And then I asked this question to myself. I asked myself, what would I be doing if I was someone who prioritized her inner alignment? And the answer that I received in that moment was walk around Target more, explore, enjoy, enjoy looking at these things, you know, and it wasn't telling me to buy anything. It was just telling me to enjoy all the things that were around you. And so I did that. I was like, okay, I got the majority of my shopping done. Let me just peruse down these aisles. So I went down the ice cream aisle. I went down the electronics and the board games. And I saw Catan was on sale. I almost bought Catan. But um, I found it cheaper on Amazon. (laughs) But it reminded me that I wanted to buy Catan. And then I went to the beauty section and I just had a blast just looking at these things, just appreciating all of these things and the packaging and the colors and all this stuff. And after that, like I didn't buy anything extraneous. I just um, went to self-checkout and that was it. And I had a crap ton of fun. And I find that this question is really brilliant because that's what it leads to. It leads to fun. It leads to genuine enjoyment of your life. You know, there are so many times where I have hit every single thing on my to-do list. And at the end of the day, I didn't feel any better. I didn't feel any more accomplished. I just felt like there was more to do or that it wasn't enough, right? Like if we attack our goals and our to-do list from a place of feeling like we aren't enough, then even if we accomplish every single thing on that on that to-do list and more, we're still not gonna feel like we're enough. Like why not just cut all of that stuff out and have fun and lean into being someone who felt like she was enough. You know, imagine yourself as someone who felt like she was a superstar in her own life, a celebrity in her own life. And sometimes when you're asking yourself this question, you might not get the answer that you think you'll get. Like one time I had a late start to my morning, which means simply I can go into work at 8.30 at the latest as opposed to like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. So it was pretty fun. So I had this whole morning to myself I was gonna drink coffee read a book listen to podcasts and just um and just do things that make me feel aligned and happy and ready for the day and as I did that I remembered oh wait this person called in sick so we're gonna be a little short at work we're not gonna have a lot of help this morning and so even though I can roll in at 8 30 and just go to work and, you know, do the things that I was expected to do. I had this inkling of a feeling that I wanted to go to work early because I wanted to help out. And I wanted my coworkers, you know, to feel like they were supported. And at that situation, at that time, me sitting here reading a book versus me going to work a little bit earlier and helping them out, that situation felt 
like it brought more joy to me than sitting here reading a book. So like I know traditionally that doesn't seem like that would be the happiest thing to do. But in that time, that is what my intuition was offering me. It was offering me the joy of contribution and adding value and helping, which is something that I really love to do too. So don't think that when you're asking this question of yourself, that you'll always get these like self-serving answers. Sometimes you will. Sometimes maybe your intuition is trying to tell you that you need to prioritize yourself and give yourself some time and some energy to just relax, recenter, refocus, not put your to-do list on such a high priority in your life. And then sometimes your intuition might inspire you to go out into the world and to engage and you know you you never really know what situation you're going to be in but the most important part is that you trust you trust that the universe is constantly giving you this beautiful guidance this aligning guidance that will help you and that is there to serve you Another time, um, I'll share one more story about this. I, this actually happened yesterday. I came home from work and I didn't really feel like I had the energy to go to the indoor climbing gym that was about like 20 minutes away, probably 25 minutes with the traffic. Um, and so I sat on the couch, I was reading a book, I was doing things that would align me. I was listening to some Abraham Hicks on YouTube, you know, getting into um, a joyful state and doing the things that I really naturally love to do. And I was sitting there just wanting to rest and relax. And I remembered that one of my friends from work told me that she climbs at that gym too and that she just started and she's kind of the, a similar level in climbing with me and I was like oh maybe she'll be there today maybe I should go and see if she's there and then we could climb together and I didn't have her number at the time so I wasn't able to text her but this was just like a, a thought in my brain and I just let it go. I was like, you know what? I really don't have the energy to sit in the car in traffic for 25 minutes, fighting the sun in my eye, you know, and then having to go there and exert myself and exert this energy. Like I was feeling really, really lazy. But then I asked myself, okay, I have a couple options here of how to move forward. If I was someone who prioritized my inner alignment above everything else, what would I choose to do? And instantly, I didn't hear any words. I just received a picture. It was a picture of the climbing gym that I go to. And just the sun shining through the, the windows and it just looking like a really bright, happy place. And I was like, okay, fine. Maybe that's what my inner guidance wants me to do, but I don't want to do that. I want, like, I just worked. I was on my feet for like eight hours. I just want to sit here and chill. And so I was on the anthropology website, which I just love to peruse because 
like I love the aesthetic of anthropology. I love the home furnishings and mugs and kitchenware and everything. So sometimes I just go on there just to look. And so I was looking at like these vases or whatever. I honestly don't even remember. And I accidentally clicked on one to kind of look at the details and to add to cart or whatever. I just accidentally clicked it on my phone. And the name of the vase was the same exact name of my coworker who told me that she climbed at this gym and that I was wondering if, you know, if she was going to be there today. So I saw that as a huge sign. I was like, okay, universe, I'll go. I'll go. I will go climb because I have this weird feeling that somehow this is what I'm meant to be doing. So I get in my car, I drive there, and when I get there, I go to the bathroom, and then I come back, and immediately as I'm walking, like, through the the indoor climbing place, I, like, run right into my friend, like, face-to-face, right into her, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? I didn't know you'd be here, even though in the back of my mind, I was like, of course you'd be here. Of course the universe would bring me all the way here and would give me these visions and this this intuition to just come here. And so we climbed together. She had a friend with her and we were all at the same beginner level, which was kind of nice because I feel like I always climb with my boyfriend who's super advanced and he's super good and he makes everything look so easy. Um, So it was really, really nice to see people who are at my level who I could just feel comfortable with and, you know, we could take turns trying to figure out certain routes and um, like give each other tips and encourage each other. So it was actually really fun. We stayed there for like two hours and I had a blast. I had an absolute blast. And I am so glad that I decided to ask myself that question. And it felt like, you know, that was an unexpected answer that I was going to get, right? Like after work, my first thing, my first thought of what my intuition would tell me to do is just to rest and to, you know, watch TV, relax, have fun. And who knew this is where my intuition would lead me to just by asking myself that simple question that If I was someone who prioritized my inner alignment above everything else, what would I be doing right now? So it's a great way to make decisions and it's just a fun way to live your life. It's a fun way to just, you know, if you have a free Saturday where you have nothing planned, like what if you just planned your day through this question and just asking yourself this question, after every activity okay what next if i was someone who prioritized my inner alignment above everything else what would i be doing next and see what happens because the most amazing things can blossom under this this question because again you're able to imagine yourself as someone who prioritizes her inner alignment with little ego resistance and little ego interference there to tell you the buts and the all the reasons why 
this isn't possible, all the reasons why this is stupid. It allows you to engage your intuition instead of your ego. And the trick here is to not have any expectations about doing anything or completing anything. You really just have to let go and allow your intuition to guide you. So I encourage you to play with this and let me know how this goes, guys. Reach out to me on Instagram, email me. I love to hear about all the things that you are discovering about spirituality and your self-love journey. And uh, thanks. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We have reached the end. This is one of the first episodes where it's just like a medley of topics and I really had fun recording this and I hope you guys had a lot of fun listening to it. Make sure if you haven't already hit subscribe and follow the self-love tarot Instagram page and I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend you guys. Bye!